Welcome to Hope Community Podcast. It's great to have you join us today listening online. We pray you'll be impacted by our message this week. Enjoy. Well, this morning, um, I want to talk about solitude today. Solitude. And even as I, I begin to mention it, I'm aware that solitude is not something you might have heard from the pulpit too much. Um, we've got my parents-in-law staying with us at the moment. They're probably listening online, so I'll behave myself. Um, <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. But I, uh, my mother-in-law, said, Shirley, she said, hey, what are you preaching on this weekend? And I said, oh, solitude. And she said, oh, I've, I've, I've never heard a message on solitude before. Now, I did some maths in my head. I reckon my mother-in-law's um, been in over 4,000 weeks of church. Uh, she's never heard a message on solitude. <laughs> solitude. I'm conscious too that often in the life of a church, we're really heavy on the emphasis of connection, aren't we? Like we're very conscious of the fact that it's important to keep coming to church and to keep meeting together and, and not give that up. We're, we're always encouraging you to come join a connect group, come to the men's night, come to the women's events. It's on. It's, it's connection. It's connection. And, and that is really important. And that gets emphasized from the front. But do you know what? It's also true that you can't look for long over the stories of Jesus' life and miss solitude. You can't. Very conspicuously and frequently in Jesus' life, he disconnected and spent times in solitude. So we're just going to spend a little bit of time. Oh, there's a, there's a word for it. Oh, there's a particular Greek. Here's your Greek lesson for the week. Are you ready? And yet you have to say this in your best Greek accent, okay? Um, the, the word for solitude in, in the New Testament is ereamos. Oh, that's good. That's good. Say it a little bit louder. Ereamos. Ereamos. Yeah. So when you see that Greek word in, in, in the Bible, it means lonesome, desolate, solitary, wilderness. And I thought in being able to spend some time together, that's ironic, isn't it? We're, spending, we're talking about solitude, but we're together doing it, all right? But in being able to see the profound purpose and place of solitude that it's given in our walks. I just thought we would have a look at a couple of instances where Eremos is present in Jesus' walk. We'll have a look what's going on around that. And we'll just reflect on that together this morning. Yeah? Yep for that? Good. <laughs> First story. It's in Mark chapter 1. So you can open up to there if you've got your Bibles or if you're, I don't have any prejudice against iPhone Bibles or anything like that, okay? So you can just flick to it on your phone without any shame um, here this morning. That's, that's fine. That's fine. Um, Mark chapter 1, we're going to start reading from verse 9, and then we're going to hit Eremos. It says, At the time Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Uh, just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove and then there was this voice from heaven you are my son whom I love 
with you I am well pleased. Don't you wish you were there to witness that? It's what an epic, awesome moment right at the launch of Jesus' public ministry. But then there's this bit. It says, at once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness and he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals and angels attended him. So notice the word wilderness, all right? Because I know that wilderness usually for us evokes imagery that Jesus was in, a, in like a Middle Eastern desert kind of place, dry and arid and rocky terrain. But, um, but the word wilderness there is actually the word eremos, eremos. The geographical connotations that we apply to that are coming from us, okay? It's not what the word in essence is about. In particular, Eremos means that Jesus went to a place where no one else was. He went to a place where no one else was. He went to a place where no one else knew. And he went there to be alone. Just him and just God for 40 days. It's fascinating too in this passage when you couple this word Eremos with the... um, well, sent him out. The Spirit sent him out. That's a bit too kind. It, it's a bit too gentle because sent him out is ekbalo, ekbalos, ekbalo, one of those two. <laughs> That's my best Greek. <laughs> Do you know what it means? It means the Spirit drove him out. It means the Spirit forcefully ejected him from where he was out into a place where there was no one. That's what it means. So get this, at Jesus' baptism, couple all this out together, at Jesus' baptism, at a time when the crowds were there and there was the most profound and powerful manifestation of, of, of anointing over Jesus. It would have been obvious to everybody that this was Lord Almighty saying, this is my son and Holy Spirit so powerfully present. Like if there was ever a moment that made sense for Jesus to launch in momentum of his public ministry and start seeing kingdom build in the way that we thought it would, it's then, right? It's right in that moment, but that is the very moment where Holy Spirit came and forcefully ejected Jesus away from people and expectation and drove him out to a place where there was no one and where he could be alone just him, just God, 40 days. See that? That's Eremos. Eremos. Solitude. It's beautiful. And you can't even reach the end of chapter 1 without hitting the occasion of Eremos again. You see that? We're going to skip down a bit to a place where Jesus was starting his ministry up in Galilee. And um, this next story, it takes place in Capernaum. It's, it starts from verse 29, and I've got some verse, a verse that will come up soon. But just so you know the story, later on, um, now it, it, as soon as they had come out of the synagogue, so it's the Sabbath, 
they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick with a fever and they told him about her at once. So he came and took her by the hand. I love how matter-of-factly the Bible says this stuff. So he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up and immediately the fever left her and she served him. At evening, when the sun had set on the same day, they brought to him all who were sick and those who were demon-possessed. And the whole city was gathered together at the door, all of Capernaum. Then he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. And then this bit. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and he departed to a solitary place. Have a guess what that word is, solitary. Yeah. And there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And when they found him, they said, everyone is looking for you. Everyone is looking for you. I love what Jesus is doing here because, well, I've got kids. And this is me trying to find a moment of solitude in my day. Like the only chance of any sense of solitude in my day comes if I wake up long before anyone else, right? And, and I don't know if you identify with this, but I, that's my chance, I know it. Any skerrick of noise I make at that time will render solitude over. <laughs> but I like a coffee when I sit with the Lord in the morning. And do you know what? Sometimes I have to grind, right? So I'm faced, what's the, you see the dilemma I'm faced with here? Do I make a coffee and risk ending any chance of eremos for myself? Or do I, or do I forgo the coffee and just say, God, and some mornings, most mornings, the coffee, I, I do the coffee. But if my kids hear it, that's it, they're up and solitude is gone. So I have to conspire, I have to choreograph my moments pretty carefully to get solitude. And that's what Jesus is doing in this story. Listen to the language. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight. How did he even do this? They didn't have clocks or alarms. How did Jesus, how did, he must, he must, there's some good planning going on here. And then it says, he went out. He went out from where? From where people last knew he was. Like he thought, if I can get away from here, this is the last place they'll trace me to. I'm free. If I can get out of here undetected. And, and he went, he departed to a solitary place. So I'm guessing it's somewhere around Capernaum that he, that he knew. And he previously thought, you know what? I'm going to slip away. I'm going to slip away here at some stage. And he went to a solitary place where he could be where no one else was, where he could be alone. And there he prayed. Just him, just God, together, alone. Just two examples, and they come really closely together in the first chapter of Mark. But there's more. There's heaps more. Remember after the feeding of the 5,000? Before the crowds were even gone, Jesus said to his disciples, you guys in that boat and go. And then it says he dismissed the crowds that he just fed. Okay, everybody, off you go now. And where did he go? 
up on the mountain by himself where he was there. That's where he went. Before the appointing of the 12 disciples, do you remember where Jesus was for the whole night before that? He was up on a mountain by himself without anybody else, just him and just God. Get this one. Right before Jesus went to the cross, after sharing the Passover meal with his disciples, where'd he go? To the Garden of Gethsemane. And he went into the Garden of Gethsemane because that's where it says he often went. And he got to a point in the garden where he said to his disciples, you guys stay here and and pray because I'm what? I'm going to go. I'm going to go a stone's throw further. So I can be gone from you guys so it can just be me and God. Just be me and God for who knows how long through that night on the night before he knew he was going to die. This is what I wanted to highlight and bring to you today about Jesus' life and ministry. That even though the People demands were big around Jesus and the ministry expectations were huge. And even though Jesus had such significant kingdom things to inaugurate here and and to bring in, and it all had to happen in three years. Like, that's not very long, is it? Like, time was short for Jesus. But even still, you can't look over the stories of his life without seeing that very deliberately and very frequently, Jesus choreographed and meticulously carried out his plans to escape from people, to escape from places of expectation and take himself to places where no one was, where he could be just him by himself with God, he seemed to spend like undetermined amounts of time in these places when he went. He was just free. That's Eremos. That's Eremos. And I wanted to invite you this morning to spend some time reflecting over the place and the presence of Eremos in Jesus' life. And see what comes for you. Don't think about it yet in terms of its place in your life. Just get a little bit honest with the things that come for you when you see how Jesus did this in his life. And if I get a little bit honest and real with you today... I'd need to admit that I actually feel a bit of tension around how Jesus did this. I might not be the only one, but does anybody else kind of think, okay, 40 days, just him, just God, with no one else. What on earth did he do? 40 days ago in my life is about when I started here. In the church, for me to imagine every day since then, Jesus is alone and he wasn't hunting for food. He was fasting. What on earth did he do in the time of Eremos? Am I the only one? Am I the only one who thinks that? What about 
this other thing that came for me, I'm like, hang on a minute. I think Eremos in Jesus' life would have been one of the most frustrating things that people experienced who tried to serve with him. I mean, can you imagine what it was like for them to wake up in Capernaum and, well, he's, well, he's AWOL. Again. Oh, how long is this going to be? Dunno. Where'd he go? Uh, Dunno. How are we going to move on from here? Don't know. Do you know, it would be really frustrating, wouldn't it? And I, I realised as I thought about Eremos in Jesus' life that it, it, Jesus was the only one who was okay with it. <laughs> Let that dawn on you today. Jesus was the only one who was okay with the presence of Eremos in his life. Everyone else around Jesus had a relationship of tension with Eremos in Jesus' life. That's what the passages say. Like in Capernaum, when the disciples woke up and found Jesus gone and when people began showing up and they were like, well, well, well we're just as good as the people last night who came and got healed and, and got demons cast out. And when they realised Jesus was gone, and I love it, that they don't just go, oh, well, he's gone. We'll just go home. No, they, they hunt him down. You know, they get together. We're not having this. Where's he gone? And so they hunt him. I don't know how long that took. Like Jesus went before it was, was, was light. Now it's light. And people have worked out, well, we don't know where he is, so we're going to get him. And they hunt him down. I wonder how, how long it took to find Jesus' secret hiding place around Capernaum. Anyway, they found him. And what did they say? Well, they said, they said, everyone is looking for you. I.e., how do you justify being out here by yourself? Revival broke out yesterday, Jesus, and you're the Messiah. You've got some expectations on you here. <laughs> you got to get back in there. You're not leading this diligently. And the people were like, we need you. So they asked him all these questions. All awkward with his eramos. And yet for Jesus, solitude seemed to be almost the one thing he was never prepared to ultimately do without. Get that. I don't know if you've ever seen it like this before, but solitude with God was the last thing Jesus wanted to do before he gave himself over to be crucified. The soldiers arrested him in the garden. That's how he chose to spend his last time free on earth. Everyone else was awkward with it. Jesus would never be without it. What did he know? What did he know about Eremos that no one else around him did? What does Jesus know about Eremos that maybe we haven't seen yet? Huh. Makes you wonder, doesn't it? I think to answer that, we kind of need to discover what Jesus experienced in the times of solitude. And therein, well, that's a bit problematic. No one saw it. That's the point. He wasn't with anyone. In fact, he was deliberately with no one. So there aren't eyewitness accounts. And Jesus didn't seem to speak much about this. And, and, and so information is limited. But there are some beautiful insights that come along the way nonetheless. Like in the story of Eremos, 
right after Jesus' baptism, when the Holy Spirit drove Jesus out into that place of fasting for 40 days, there's just that little one line in there that says, Jesus was tended to by angels. <laughs> Get your head around that. The angels ministered to Jesus in times of solitude, just him, just God. It was also the time where Jesus' strength spiritually was brought to a height to, to the extent that he could withstand the temptation of the evil one even though he hadn't had anything to eat for 40 days. And I know we often say, well, isn't the devil um, nasty? How he attacks Jesus in his place of weakness. I kind of think, isn't the devil a little miscalculated for trying to attack Jesus when he'd spent time just with his father for 40 days? That's a little bit of a strategic error there. <laughs> That's Jesus' experiences of Eremos. What about times of solitude in Capernaum? Jesus experienced this space with God where he was actually given permission to detach from people demands and ministry experiences and where he actually could regain his father's perspective and, and freedom about where he needed to vest his time and how the father was going on about that because he didn't go back to Capernaum. He went on and he said to his disciples, we, we've got to move on from here so I can preach in, in other towns. And so solitude was that place where he was given permission to be released from other things that stood a chance to drive his ministry and just get fresh perspective with the Lord. It was during a whole night of solitude on top of the mountain where Jesus experienced the download from his Father in heaven about who should be appointed the 12 disciples. He didn't say any meeny, miny, mo. He, he, he gleaned from his Father after being on a mountain all night by himself who the 12 disciples should be. Again, it was up on that mountainside again where he's praying alone. When the disciples had been sent ahead in the boat, it was actually that place from which Jesus could see the disciples straining at the oars and doing it tough. And it was in that place that he was empowered by Almighty Father to go out and walk on the water and help them. It came from that place of solitude. And then there's Gethsemane. This one just busts me. It was in Eremos where Jesus found the place where he could freely express to his father what was happening for him in the prospect of going to the cross. It was in Eremos and solitude, just him, just God, where Jesus knew he could say, is there any other way? Is there any other way? Do you know the angels tended him again in that place, in solitude? And do you know it was in that place of solitude where Jesus again, like he had done before, freely and in an empowered way, said with his father, but I agree to do this. I agree to take this cup. And he went from that place and gave his life. Wow. 
I think this is what Jesus knew about Eremos, that others around him were a little bit slower to see. I think Jesus knew that it was in times of solitude where he could just get away, where he could process and reflect what was going on for him in the midst of stuff, when he knew the comfort of his father and when he could regain perspective. I think Jesus knew it was in places of solitude with his dad where he'd receive revelations and downloads. Jesus said, I don't do anything that I don't see the father doing. I think it was in places of solitude where Jesus got downloads from heaven leading and guiding and revelations about who he was and how things would unfold. I think that's where he got that, straight from his father. Get this too. I think Jesus knew that it was in places of solitude that he could experience with his dad who he really was. Who was he? The son of God. And so when he removed himself from people and disconnected and put himself in places where there was no one but God, I think that's when he experienced who he really was with his father. Just time in this beautiful, unique relationship that was his with his dad. That's what Jesus knew about Eremos that not many other people did. That's why he kept doing it. You know, I have a son. I'm, I'm a father. And we do a lot together. We drive him to school. We come up here together. We spend time in the backyard kicking the soccer ball. We spend endless hours driving around to soccer games on weekends, doing all that sort of stuff. We, we do a lot together. We're at the backyard one night kicking the ball around. And I knew that we had a little window of time before the nightly family routine kicked in. And so I just said to him before we finished up kicking the soccer ball. I said, hey, mate, do you want to just, just lie on the trampoline for a bit and watch the sky go dark and watch the stars come out? He goes, yeah, let's do that. So we jumped up on the trampoline and we just lay there looking up and the sun set and the sky started getting dark and we started counting the stars we could see. I don't know if you've ever done that, man. It's a beautiful time of day. And, and, and you can just see more and more. And he's like, oh, there's more over there. Oh, look at that lot over there coming out. We're like, wow. And then he started seeing flashing ones. He said, Dad, I can see some stars. They're, they're coming on and then going out. And I'm like, oh, mate, that's um, they're shooting stars. He's like, I've never seen shooting stars before. And there must have been a meteor shower because there was. There's heaps of them coming on. And then he noticed the star was moving. He's like, hey, that star's moving. What's that? I'm like, oh, that's a satellite, mate. That's a satellite. They come across like that. He goes, no way. We counted about 17 satellites in the time we were there. And then I got a revelation about light from the Lord just on the, just on the spot there. And so I just shared that with him about the source of light and how it interacts with things you can see. And he started sharing some things back. And then he got, and then he got really real and he just started talking about stuff that was going on for him like we don't get to talk when we're in the car on the way to soccer or, or what. He just started this. I wasn't even trying this real stuff. just started coming out. And I was conscious that um, 
the nightly routine would need to kick in soon and, and, and we'd need to go in. But just before we did, Isaiah turns to me, he goes, hey, Dad, I have really loved this. I have really loved this. And I said, mate, so have I. And he said, we have to do this more. We have to do this more. So since then, we don't have a trampoline anymore, but we do it around a fire. Since then, as a dad, I'm just on the lookout for opportunities where I can say, hey, mate, you on a fire tonight? Hey, mate, you want to come over here? And what I mean is something different from the normal day-to-day. We do do a lot together, but I mean something different from that. I mean, do you want to get away? Do you want to get away from where everybody else is? Do you just want to come and spend time and we'll just do what we did that night? We'll just share and we'll talk and we'll spend time where there's nothing necessarily to do but just be together. He loves it and so do I. I think today the Father is calling to us and saying, hey, do you want to get away? Do you want to detach for a bit from life, demands and people? Will you come and and just spend time? Hmm. I was preparing for today, um, thinking, God, I had these ideas around Eresmos, Eremos, (laughs) <laughs> I, my Greek is thin. It's, it's just thin, you know. <laughs> so I came in here. I was at the office one day. I came in here. And I was just praying, God, is this, is this the word that you've got? Sometimes you get ideas. You don't know if it's what God wants for a particular time. I said, is this what you want? And um, I came in here and the lights were on. And I came over to this beautiful artwork here by Deb Smith. And it is beautiful. It took me away. Like it, it took me away from from my daily and I just, I didn't even read it at first. It's just looking at the beautiful garden and then no, 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 it's the door. You know, it says the secret place. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He who comes away from the attachments of demand and from people, they're always around in order to abide in the shadow of the Almighty, will be blessed. Will be blessed. I, I took that as affirmation. I'm like, yep, this is your word for the day. A couple of days later, I went out to my car and some sneaky prayer walkers had put a note. <laughs> There's a note. I'm asking God to give you time to sit with him today that you will be refreshed in his presence knowing that he can make anything possible. (laughs) This is his invitation for you today. Do you know the absolute essence of what Christianity is, it's yours, each one's and mine relationship with Almighty God restored in Jesus Christ. You you know that like it's Christianity is not first a theology to be defined and held to. And Christianity isn't a a mission 
to be lived out in the first instance. Christianity isn't a set of behaviours that you've, you, you in the first instance obey and then make your life conform to. Christianity is in essence your relationship with Almighty God. Restored through what Jesus Christ did at the cross and through belief in Him. That's what it is. Your Christianity is a relationship with God the Father. Unique, personal, profound, living, unbreakable connection of relationship between you and your Heavenly Father. That's wild, right? And He says today, Eremos. Eremos. Will you come and spend time with me? Will you leave places of busyness and connection with people and set out some time to choreograph and conspire to escape, to get to places where there is no one else? Just you and just me. And can we spend some time there together? Huh. Will you come away to spend time with me where you can regain perspective, where you can search what's really going on for you in those places, and where you can know the comfort of Almighty God, maybe even be tended to by angels? Will you come away in Eremos and know the download of heaven from your Father in just such a gentle and peaceful way for the extent and the magnitude of things He has for you in a relationship with you? That's His call. That's His call today. And you might have some questions about it. Like you might go, but I've got kids. They take a fair bit of my opportunity. You go, How does this work? You might think, well, what am I going to do? Am I going to grab a coffee and then sit on the couch and just go, well, what's going to happen? I'm going to sit there. You might have all these questions and concerns. You know, the invitation is just, just do it. It's, a, it's your relationship with your father. It's got to be cultivated somewhere. And over time, you'll get a sense of how it is he sits with you and the way he speaks. He says, just come, just come. I'm going to pray in a moment. I want to invite you to stand together. I just have one more thing to say. This didn't happen by accident in Jesus' life, okay? There was some planning in it. When he was in Capernaum, he was busy and people coming. I think he thought, I know a place near here. I know a place. Early tomorrow morning, I'm going there. And, he, and then he, he made that happen. I think everywhere he went, he sort of had an eye out for places that he could get away to. And he planned, I'm going. I'm going then. And I won't tell anyone when I'm back. Just be careful with that one, though. Huh. So I'm going to pray that the Lord help you envisage your life this week, the places that you're going to go, and also to show you places where you could eresmos, 
in your day-to-day. It might be the broom cupboard at work. You might be heading to the coast for a day this week. You might know somewhere at home where you can just disappear to. I want to pray that the Lord bring to your mind places you could go in your daily this week. And then as that comes to mind for you, permission granted to put it in your calendar. Put it in there and say, this week I'm going. This week I'm going. I'm going to detach. I'm going to go sit with Dad. Lord, there's no one I know who can carry out such profound things at the same time as you grant us such beautiful invitations as Eremos. Thank you that you're a father who just loves to spend time with your kids who say, yeah, let's get away. Let's get away to beautiful places, just you and me. And so right now, Lord, would you highlight places for people? Would you help people draw to mind their routines this week and to see opportunities, places, spaces for Eremos? And would you prompt when those times come about this week and may we, as we, as we take the opportunity to do that, oh Lord, I pray you'll pour out your comfort. I pray angels tend to us this week. I pray there be downloads from heaven of strategy for things up ahead. I pray there be moments in relationship with you where we're just blown away that we get to have a direct relationship with Almighty, with you, Almighty God. And thank you, Jesus, for what you did to win that for us. But Lord, help us not just be a people about connection with each other. Help us also be a people about eremos with you disconnection with all else so we can sit with you and enjoy being a son or daughter of Almighty God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. We're going to worship. It's pretty hard to do solitude like this, isn't it? Well, this is a song about solitude and the secret place. Let's worship. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to Hope Community Podcasts. We hope you enjoyed today's message and remember to subscribe to the channel to keep up to date. From everyone here at Hope Community, have the best week.